Hello and welcome to your Yogi Scope for March, where we will talk about the astrological happenings this month, yoga practices to best work with this astrological weather. As always, though, side note, the yoga practices, we'll talk about, you know, asana, like postures, maybe a little bit, but more, this is like the yogic lifestyle. Like, how are you going to live your life to flow with the energies that are at play astrologically. And this month, we're also going to talk about Ayurveda and, you know, just other things like the spring equinox is this month if you live in the northern hemisphere. So we'll talk about those things, how you can flow along with nature and what's going on in your life off the mat. So if you're new here or um, just want that distinction, FYI, when I say yoga practices, and of course, journal prompts to help yourself study, because that's why I personally study astrology is to just help my lens of introspection, that's fadyaya, um, help it along, have a regular practice of something that's changing all the time so I don't have to think about it. That's how I approach it. So I'm here to share that with you on the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. Welcome. So let's jump into talking about first what is happening this month astrologically. Then, of course, before I get into the yo- oops. That was my alarm because I took a nap today. (laughs) So I am like not feeling it today, y'all. Let me tell you. So if you're watching this video, I don't know. My kids have been sick for like a week and a half and so have I. And today is the first day my son's back in daycare and I'm just like, notice my intro was like probably not as, I usually like try to think of a way to summarize the whole episode in the intro and say that before I introduce myself. Anyway, I'm Rosemary Holbrook. Here I am imperfectly welcome welcome back um so on the monthly outlooks which I didn't put one out for February because February is just a wild month with I don't know I feel like it's like super peak sick season for my kiddos anyway here I am get jumping back in after um it's there's also I mean so Saturn just moved into Aquarius like I don't know about y'all but like Things have been feeling different for me since January 18th or so when that change happened. I've been kind of settling into it, doing a lot of um, looking at how I want to show up, you know, a lot of a lot of pulling back over the course of February. So maybe that wasn't the case for you, um, but it was for me. And so here I am just jumping back in. So there's that's the astrological sense and a practical sense. I have a three year old and an almost one year old. And every time I tell other parents how old my kids are, or like if my husband does, their exact response, like 90% of the time is, oh, you're in the thick of it. (laughs) So anyway, so that's where I am in life. Um, And I'm an astrologer. Welcome. So on these Outlook episodes, I always like to um, tell, so I will tell you the dates, which I also send out to my email newsletter um, if you want them written down format. So don't really worry about writing them. Some people like to write them, I guess. But if you get my email newsletter, I will send it this week on hopefully tomorrow. It could be Friday. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about the overall energies of what all that stuff means together. What is a good month for, a bad month for, and then yoga practices and journal prompts. So every single episode, if you're new here, um, has yoga practices and journal prompts. If you're not new here, that's I mean, I share those things so that hopefully you can learn to tailor your own yoga practice, your own spiritual practice. Um, to what you need, to the changing energies of life, bring that conversation full circle. Here we go. 
So we're kicking off the month with a full moon in Leo next Tuesday, March 7th. So that's the first um, astrological event. I will do a separate episode all about the full moon because even when I'm like taking some time to pull back like I was last month, um, kind of unintentionally, I think I was just like, I don't know. Anyway, um, I do not miss the new and full moon episodes. Those will be out like no matter what. And so this month is largely characterized by some fiery energy. I mean, that full moon's in Leo. Um, and then we have a couple planets moving to Aries. We also have, um, a large amount of like forward moving energy than we had over the past couple months. So if you follow astrology, you probably know that most astrologers are like, January is not the time to be doing new stuff. Everybody sets their New Year's resolutions and whatever, and that's fine. And to some degree I do too, although I personally have switched to the like word of the year, like which is more like a sankalpa or a heartfelt intention, um, like way of showing up rather than like, I want to lose 30 pounds or whatever, you know, type of New Year's resolution. But given that New Year's happens in, you know, it's it's about 10 days from the winter solstice, it's in like peak dark time here in the Northern Hemisphere. So according to Ayurveda, according to Vedic astrology, because the two are very interrelated, um, it, especially in their messaging, I've noticed these themes that happen throughout the year that overlap in the two systems. New Year's is like Kappa season, you know, it's or to me the, the kickoff of Kappa season really happens at the winter solstice because yes, the days are getting longer and yes, in January we have um, Makara Sankranti, which is when the sun moves into Capricorn, which is like a marker in Vedic astrology that the days are getting longer. We can celebrate the sun is moving northward in the sky. We can celebrate that like it's a it's a promise that even though it might not be perceptible at that point that we are headed towards more brightness, right, in January. And then in bulk, if you're like, I don't know, I'm plugged into some like pagan communities um, where I live. I live in the Appalachian Mountains, so people talk about in bulk. It's the end of January and it's like the halfway point between the winter solstice and the the spring equinox. And so I know for a lot of people, myself included, the dark time of year is like very hard and it's kind of sluggish, Right. And so March, I bring that all that up to say that March, we're seeing this forward moving energy finally. And so there are a few reasons. One being the spring equinox on the 21st or so, y'all, I don't know. I, maybe I should have Googled this, but I, in my brain, the equinoxes and solstices are always on the 21st, but apparently sometimes, um, uh, they're on the 20th or 22nd for the equinoxes. I think the equinox is actually on the 20th, but the important thing is we also have a new moon in Pisces that week. Um, and that's so the overall energy of the rest of the planets shifts this month are like we have the full moon in Leo. We have Venus will be entering Aries on Saturday, March 11th on March 31st, which is a Friday. Mercury will be entering Aries. So we those will be joining Uranus and Rahu in Aries. So that's um, the first sign of the Zodiac. We'll talk more about that in a second because we also have Jupiter joining um, some of those planets, which uh, Mercury and Venus will probably have moved on by that point. But Jupiter will be joining um, Rahu in Aries, and that's not a small deal. That was what last week's episode was going to be totally about. And um, if I have time to record something about it separate, I will, but can't make any promises because children in life. And anyway, um, 
The other planetary shifts are all to Pisces. So we have on Tuesday, March 14th, the sun enters Pisces. Right after that on March 16th, which is a Thursday, Mercury enters Pisces. And then we have a new moon in Pisces. And so remember, Jupiter is in Pisces now. Neptune just moved to Pisces last month. It was sometime in February. And, um, oh, I said Uranus. Oh, Uranus is in uh, Aries. And Neptune is in um, Pisces. And so... I've seen all the lovely pictures. Venus is also in Pisces right now until March 11th. I've seen lots of pictures. I love when I see stuff like that of people that don't even follow astrology. And they're like, look, Jupiter and Venus are together. Isn't it beautiful? And um, last week, right after the new moon, we had Jupiter and Venus and the moon. When the moon was in its like waxing crescent phase lined up, I saw lots of beautiful pictures of that. So... So we have this trickling of energy this month from Aquarius to Pisces, which is Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac. It might bring this like very spiritual energy, right? Um, and so Jupiter's there. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. And then the other shifts we have are um, Venus and Mercury moving into Aries. And so when we have, so the new moon in Pisces is often regarded as like the lunar new year. And so also on that same week, this is where I was like bringing that up. We have, so on the same week that we have the new moon in Pisces, as well as, um, the spring equinox, we have Navratri, which is, um, the nine nights of the goddess Durga. And so this happens twice a year. It, so it actually happens four times a year, but in India, only two of them are, largely celebrated and that's this one and the one in the fall um that's actually kind of usually corresponding sometime around the fall equinox here in the northern hemisphere so that time is a a time to take nine nights to like kind of be very spiritual celebrate the goddess Durga, who's like um the feminine embodiment of good triumphing over eagle eagle evil sorry y'all i'm just like today's not the day I normally edit out my stumbling of words like I would have probably edited out that alarm, but I'm just not, not today. Sorry. I'm still a little bit sick, but I'm here. So, um, anyway, um, so we have that, all that happening that week. And so during Navaratri, if you would like, we will be hosting a friend of mine and I named Donna. She was on the Science of Light podcast. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner, studied under Dr. Vasant Lad for many, many years running his Panchakarma department, the Ayurvedic cleanse, we are going to be hosting together an Ayurvedic cleanse. And so um, that will kick off the week of the spring equinox. And so um, if you are in the membership, the Yogi Scopes community membership, you'll be able to see that, like you'll be able to see everything we're talking about. We'll be there to support you, both of us, um, during that time. So it's, it's, it's 10 days, right? And the way Donna runs cleanses when she guides people through them is you can start kind of anywhere within like a week window. And so she's giving you that week to start. I will be starting probably on that Tuesday or Wednesday, um, starting the 10 days. Um, and so it will line up with Navaratri, which is a time often according to Vedic astrology to fast. So if you're in the community membership, you'll be able to see what we're doing. I guess you could like follow along self-paced, but if you sign up for the cleanse specifically with Donna, she will, so we'll have a link for all that 
Um, we're going to have an event next week that, and that the, the details of all of this will come out in the newsletter later this week in, in my newsletter. But, um, um, the, she will send you a kit that has everything you need. And so if you've ever, if there's ever been a time that you wanted to try out an Ayurvedic cleanse and you want to be highly supported, you want to just do it with other people. So you have the accountability so that you're more likely to stick to it. So the cool part about the kit is it includes everything you need. So it includes a tongue, tongue scraper, which is like, I was like, all right, I already have a tongue scraper. That's cool. That's fine. Um, but it includes, um, the ghee you need. Ghee is not cheap either, by the way. So it includes ghee. You take ghee for the first couple days and then you eat kitchery. So it includes all the ingredients you need for kitchery. It includes, um, a spice mix, which I think is the best part because every time I make kitchery personally, I'm like a, a season to my heart's content kind of person when I make food. And so whenever I follow a kitchery recipe, I, I don't like break out the teaspoons and stuff. I just like dump. And sometimes stuff turns out okay. Sometimes it's a little weird. Um, <laughs> when I make kitchery, so I don't always get the spices right. So I thought that was really cool that it comes with a spice blend. So all you have to do is add some of the pre-blended spices in, which is like turmeric and you know, stuff to make a really good kitchery. Um, so more details coming about that. We're going to have like a little Q and a style event sometime next week. Um, probably, you know, the week of March 6th, it'll be sometime, um, that'll be free to come to if you want to learn more about the cleanse. Um, and you can sign up for that. So we'll be running that the week of the spring equinox. Anyway, that just to say, like, maybe you don't do the cleanse with us. Maybe I just want to put that on your radar because the kit is like $350. It's actually closer to 400, but if you were getting a group rate for the folks in the membership that want to do it, the discount I believe comes to 350. More details on that at our event next week. Um, but I just wanted to put that on your radar because even if you don't join us for that group cleanse, it's a good time for fasting. And if you look up like the rules of fasting, according to like what you're supposed to do for Navaratri, um, it kind of follows a clint like, and so you also like, you'll learn how to do tongue scraping, nausea, which is like the nose oil, um, all this other stuff that's part of Ayurvedic cleansing. So if you ever wanted to have like a dinacharya, like a daily ritual that's Ayurvedic in nature and get support in really starting that and jump, kicking it off at the spring equinox at Navaratri, you can do it with us. There's your invite. I'll I'll tell there will be links later. There's not yet. I just wanted to put it on your radar um, while we're talking about what's happening this month because that is the primary yoga practice I was going to bring up for the overall energies of the month is um, spring cleansing, spring cleansing your body, tapping into your Agni, your inner fire. So anyway, before we get into the yoga practices, let me tell you more about the overall energies of the month. So um, forward moving number one overall energy. So I didn't mention yet that Mars is finally moving to Gemini on March 12th. So that's the day after Venus enters Aries. So Mars has been in Venus ruled, um, Taurus for quite some time. That's where it, um, spent lots of its retrograde, right? Um, was in Taurus. It retrograded in Gemini for only about a week last year. So during this month, Mars will finally move past, I think it's like the 26th or something, I don't know the exact date, when it moves past the area of sky that it retrograded through, when it finally moves on past its 
the space that it spent retrograding from like October, end of October last year to January of this year. But the fact that it's finally moving out of Taurus on the 12th will feel like, so Taurus is like grounding. It's Venus ruled. It's like very luxurious, right? Um, it's an earth sign. So that, that makes Mars a little more grounded. So then when Mars moves into Gemini, things might kind of pick up. And when it moves past the portion of sky that it retrograded through, you might also feel like you're finally making progress related to issues where, uh, that Mars retrograde might've brought up, right. Um, for you. And so you might look to what your Gemini area of your chart is to know what to expect. You can get the birth chart decoder for that. Go to yogiscopes.com slash decoder. If you want to figure out what house easily, it's free what house Gemini is in for you. So you can, I don't know, spend some time with Dr. Google to um, figure out what that might mean for you. Or you can join the membership where it's already loaded in and I can tell you. Um, so Mars moving, will move past it's um, where it's retrograded. Mars in Gemini is like, think about when you like fan flames and they get brighter and they like flare up. That's a little bit Mars in Gemini kind of energy. So that is what, um, we'll have going on this month, that forward moving energy also of this like lunar new year. Um, and then FYI, this new moon in Pisces is the last one before eclipse season. So the next new moon after that, the new moon in April, not the full moon in April, there's a full moon on April 5th. Um, that's not an eclipse, but the, um, April like 20 something and that, or it might even be April 20th. Uh, and then May 5th, I believe, are our two eclipses. And so just have that on your radar that April is going to be intense in some ways because we have eclipse season. That's when we'll have um, Jupiter moving into Aries. That's when we'll have um, Jupiter and Rahu will conjoin in Aries. And so I'm going to do a separate episode about all of that because it's a lot and it can be intense and I want you to know about it before it happens. So, um, Anyway, we have this forward moving energy this month because of the spring equinox, because of Mars finally moving forward from its retrograde zone. Um, and then we're starting to see the signs of these new cycles coming in. Like when the eclipse season happens, um, that's usually like a, we're kind of like undoing or like, I guess maybe undoing karma or maybe you're like kind of tamping your karma down some more, like packing it in a little bit more, depending on how you harness it, right? If you're not paying attention um, and just living your life, you might kind of be treading the path of your karma a little bit more. If you are paying attention at the eclipse season, you can be a little more intentional um, and kind of choose a new path. Um, but so we have those new cycles kind of beginning this month um, with this lunar new year, new moon in Pisces, Venus and Mercury moving into Aries. So this month brings themes of light winning over dark, good triumphing over eagle. That eagle, why did I say that again? Evil. Um, that has to do with Navaratri, the spring equinox, this whole idea that from the spring equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere, the days are only getting lighter. Light is winning over dark this month, right? Um, and so it's a good month for... Um, creating and luxuriating. So with that full moon in Leo, we'll talk about that separately, but that might be a very sensual, luxurious time. Venus is exalted during that full moon. 
Um, Venus will be exalted all the way until March 11th when it moves into Aries. Um, and then Venus in Aries could be this like impulsive kind of time, but it also could be, um, you might feel like sensual, right? Like that, that might be kind of like a, a passionate time to Venus and Aries. So that, that could be part of that energy. Um, and then all this Pisces energy is a very good time to like luxuriate in your spiritual practices. So tapping into that feminine energy, tapping into like this mother earth, this Durga kind of energy this month, um, femininity, creativity, and luxury are on the mind all month. Um, it's also a good month for calming the fluctuations of the mind. So that is what yoga is. If you read the yoga sutras, yoga is the cessation of the chitta vritti, the fluctuations of the mind, the chatter, the mind chatter, the mind stuff, right? Like that's why we do it. And so I wrote that down in my notes as like, what is a good month for? Because for a few reasons, because Venus moving into Aries might be kind of impulsive because, um, Mercury moving into Aries will definitely be that will be this like impulsive with communication. Um, so, so I'll say that's true this month, get some practice, like stilling your mind stuff, like maybe meditate. I don't know. It's always a good time to meditate. Um, but next month that will be even more so true to still the fluctuations of the mind, especially so Mercury in Aries will bring that fast moving thinking that's not happening until the end of the month. Um, but Venus is moving there on March 11th, right? So this will stay true into next month that it's a good time to practice calming the fluctuations of the mind so that you can have a nice and like firm standing point, especially when things start to heat up and shake up next month. Um, it's a bad month for impulsive communication in relationships. So this is directly related to Venus in Aries, Mars in Gemini, right? So Mars in Gemini can also bring some of that increased fluctuations of the mind, right? Which is not always a bad thing to have like fluctuations of your mind. Sometimes that's useful. Like, um, you got to sort through it, but we just don't want to be like living from that place, living from that like reactive, um, not intentional place. Right. And so same thing goes for communication in relationships while, um, Mercury is in Pisces for the majority of them. Oh, so from March 16th until the 31st. So when Mercury moves into Pisces, that's where Mercury is debilitated. Um, so that's one tick against communication. Same thing with Mars and Gemini might bring this like fieriness to communication. Same thing with Venus in Aries might bring this impulsiveness, this I amness towards your communication, especially in relationships, intimate partner relationships, close relationships with you, loving relationships in your life. Just watch out for that. So when I say what it's a bad month for on these episodes, I do it every monthly outlook. That's kind of overall energies, good month, bad month. Um, and then the yoga practices and journal prompts we do every episode, but for the monthly outlook, when I say it's a bad month for something, I mean like the energies might make you want to be that way. And you have to watch out for that and try not to be that way. And so try not to be impulsive with your communication in relationships. Um, it's also a bad month for selfishness or operating from ego. So that has a little bit to do with this full moon in Leo. It might make you feel um, that I amness, like I was saying. Um, and then same thing with like Aries. Lots of Aries energy is like Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. It's the baby. It's the... Um, you know, something 
uh, I've heard described as primary narcissism, like, I hate how much that word is thrown around these days. Like I get it, but how little kids have to only just like care about themselves because they have to like, they can't meet their own needs. So they have to like constantly be on the lookout for their own needs because they have to communicate that to others so that, um, other people can meet those needs. That's kind of like Aries. Like, you know, when babies, it's the baby of the Zodiac are so very like me, 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 because they have to be right. Um, that's that energy. That's that archetype. So be on the lookout for that this month um, and just try to be more um, big picture thinking, bit more like collective thinking. That's what Saturn in Aquarius is asking of all of us. And so also I'll get into this on the full moon episode, but just know that Leo forms an axis with Aquarius. So the full moon in Leo is being aspected by Saturn. And we'll talk about what that means more on the full moon episode directly. Um, so just a reminder overall energies of this month, forward moving, um, we're starting to see the signs of new cycles and tapping into this femininity of the goddess Durga for Navaratri and also good triumphing over evil, light triumphing over dark. We'll see that this month. Um, we just did a practice in the Yogi Scopes membership this morning. Our Yogi Scopes flow was all around like, um, what seeds are you planting in your life? Can you embody that like being a seed, going from this darkness of winter, kapha season, to um, springing open, rooting down. So that's that's in our um, yoga practices and journal prompts. I just wanted to give you that quick recap to make it all make sense, make it all tie together. So the yoga practices for the month, I recommend fasting or doing a spring cleanse. If that, so there are contraindications of that, of course, um, for cleansing, but you might take some time to turn inwards during Navaratri. You might do some kind of spring cleaning this month, whether it's of your house, your mind, like meditating, like calming the fluctuations of the mind. Like I said, you might be doing spring cleaning on all fronts. You might do a spring cleaning of your digestive system. If cleansing is not for you for whatever reason, like if you're pregnant, I don't know. Um, there are a few other reasons why you might not do it. Um, but if that's not on your radar, maybe you could do something like a whole 30 or just, I don't know, like clean up your diet, clean up your house, clean up your life, like spring clean, open some windows, like bring in the fresh air. That's what this month energy is kind of all about. So then in a yoga practice sense with the full moon Leo and with all this like Aries energy, we will be connecting to Agni and Tapas. So how can you bring Tapas into your life? This like dedicated practice Agni tapping into your solar solar plexus, third chakra, um, Manipura right there. But so like core work is indicated this month, um, kind of like belly breathing, like you're fanning the flames, tapping into that diaphragm, tapping into that kind of stuff in your yoga practice. Also related to all the Pisces stuff. Pisces is governs over the feet. So then also same with like we have Saturn in Aquarius. So that whole time. You might be connecting to calves, feet, lower legs, right? So you could connect to grounding in that way. And so that leads very well into the journal prompts for this month, where I was talking about we did in our practice this morning. I will upload the, the recording to the membership shortly, um, where we sort of like embodied seeds. We connected to that idea that a seed is in a shell, right? Usually, most in most cases, there's like a shell and... You plant it in darkness and you water it 
and you give it nutrients, you cultivate the seed. You don't, in most cases, you don't just like leave seeds alone. Like they need something, whether they're getting that from the natural world or if you're trying to intentionally cultivate something, right? Like you have to cultivate it. You have to give it life. You have to give it love, right? And then what does it do first? Most cases, it breaks out of the shell with this little shoot. And most of the time, the shoot is not going up first. It's going down first. The first little shoot in most cases to come out of a seed is the root, right? And so that connects to this like Pisces. I was talking about feet. So, um, and then we have this like new energy moving forward. Um, so what seeds are you planting in your life? There, here's the journal prompts. What seeds do I want to plant and cultivate this year? Um, and what new life do I want to bring forward this month? And so related to that second question is in what ways can I crack out of my shell like a seed? How can I root down like a seed? So how can you like plant your feet, stand where you are so that you can grow, right? So that you can stand tall and root down to rise, right? So that's to tie it all into a nutshell. Um, This month, I do hope you see some light triumphing over darkness in your life. I hope you see the light coming in. I hope you're able to feel a sense of freshness all month. And yeah, remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, thanks for being here.